Well, praise the Lord for our, this ministry meeting that we're having tonight, uh, Fellowship in God's Word. And as we have been covering these past few weeks, we've been in the book of Leviticus. And um, if I can just take you back uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, how many were here to hear the message on the matter of the cleansing of leprosy? Yeah, pretty much everyone, right? It's pretty amazing to have, um, what's the word? Um, uh, it's, it's, it's quite an, a, a, a thing to have such a diagnosis, <laughs> if I may say, of our true sinful condition before the eyes of God. Uh, we are just leprous, right? This shows that we just have sin in our nature, right? And I would say one of the main things about leprosy uh, that's very real in our experience is just rebellion towards God's authority. It's just simply we're just the top rebels because of the fall of man. The second thing, too, is uh, this last meeting from last week. I don't know about you, but we have to um, be so happy that our God did not leave us in such a condition. He provided a way out, and that was the message on what? Expiation. And I don't know if you remember, in the Old Testament, the most that could happen to our sins is just to be covered by the blood of the Lamb or by the sacrifice. But in the New Testament, this word expiation uh, is the word propitiation. And this word actually... Our sins are no longer just covered, but they are erased. <laughs> How about that? Isn't that great news? I truly believe it is, right? However, as wonderful as uh, 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 God's love was demonstrated by uh, being propitious to us, which really is an act of love, he did not want to leave us in our condition uh, of leprosy but he wanted to cleanse us from leprosy, right? And that's why he took a judicial way. He took a way of righteousness, and he became a man. He sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. He became redemption to us so that our sins can be not just covered, but completely washed away. Now, that message, I would say it's actually just a procedure, even though it's full of love. But tonight's message, we're going to see what is God's intention with his people. Remember, we have leprosy. God comes in. He makes expiation for us, for our sins. But now, what for? And so tonight, we want to see that God's intention is to make us a holy people. A holy people that matches him. So for this, tonight's message, I'd like to put up this sentence. If you haven't written down, you can write this sentence down. And this sentence basically embodies this whole outline that we're going to cover tonight. So as you're writing, how about we read the sentence together? Ready? Go. We have been chosen to be holy with a holy living to express holy God, become the holy city. So in this statement, we're going to see all three Roman numerals, how they're going to be developed 
And they embody, this statement embodies all three Roman numerals, okay? Um, how about we go and read the verses? And the topic tonight is sanctification. And we need to see the relationship between becoming holy and this word, sanctification, okay? So how about we, uh, how about I get the sisters to read the first verse all together? Ready, go. It's on your outline. How about brothers, the next verse? Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am Jehovah your God. Amen. So in this verse, the first verse that we read there, there are three things that uh, we can take away from this first verse. Number one, we see that this verse was spoken to all the assembly of the children of Israel. That's very important because it was not spoken to a certain class of a people only. It was spoken to all. So tonight we are all that all people. <laughs> okay, number one. Number two, it clearly reveals God's intention. What's his intention with his people? That they be holy. <laughs> number three, it tells us, I want you to be holy because why? I am holy. You know what that means? He's revealing to us his nature. This is who he is. If I say, I am a piece of wood, I am a piece of wood. What is wood? It's wood. <laughs> if I say, I am gold, I am gold. If God says, I am holy, this is his nature. Okay? So, uh, it's very important to uh, have this appreciation of God's nature. So, this word holy, it appears more than 600 times in the whole Bible. So it's a very important word. So since it's such a, such a used word in the Bible, we should know the meaning, right? So the word holy, number one, means to set apart. Number one. Number two, it means to be different. That is distinct from everything that is common. So when applied to God, God is something that is completely set apart from the, everything that we know in the universe. And not only that, he is the only one that is truly distinct. <laughs> he is the only one that is truly different from everything else. So this reveals, again, his nature, okay? Now, the second thing is a word sanctification. So what is the connection between being made holy and this word sanctification? Which, by the way, the word sanctification comes from the same root word as holy, okay? But the word sanctification mainly refers to a process of being made holy. So it mainly is something of a process, right? And also, we may say that this process basically is what? Is that we are set apart for a purpose. So that's the second thing. The other thing is that it also means saturation. 
and we will explain this matter of saturation tonight. Actually, I would say this is one of the main burdens of tonight's message. How is it that God, through the process of sanctification, is going to make us holy? The answer is saturation. And so I hope tonight's word will help us to appreciate what is actually happening in our Christian life to fulfill God's purpose. Okay, how about we go on to um, Roman numeral three. How about we read it all together? Ready? Go. We were chosen. Roman, Roman numeral one. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Roman numeral one. We were chosen in Christ. Holy eternity past. Also the verse. Even So, dear brothers and sisters, this verse here tells us clearly that it was in eternity past by the words before the foundation of the world. He chose us before the foundation of the world to be what? Holy and without blemish before him in love. So there are two key words here that are two little utterances that I really hope you can circle. In him and in love. <laughs> In him implies an union in our spirit with the divine spirit. In him. The only way that we can be in Christ is through our union with Christ. And that, place, that takes place through our regeneration. Okay? Now the matter of in love. There's another organ that God very much needs in order for us to be made holy. And that is our what? Our heart. <laughs> our heart was created to love. But it was created to love God and nothing else. Okay? So these two things. I have a small story. I remember I met the brothers in 1984. And I only met them somewhat. Uh, they were visiting. Two brothers were visiting my brothers. And I was upstairs. And when they visited my brothers, they showed my brothers the matter of our, how we are regenerated. What those brothers with my brothers did not know that I was upstairs eavesdropping on them. The lights were off. Everything was turned off. But let me tell you, uh, I didn't follow the Lord at that time. I didn't follow the Lord until, guess what? Until 14 years later. And you know what? 14 years later, I went and bought myself a Bible. And you know, in the beginning of the Bible, you can put to who from who. You know what I put in there? To Isai, from the spirit with my spirit. That very same revelation that I had heard 14 years ago, I still remembered it. You know what that shows? God's choosing power. He has a hold on us. Nothing, you can walk away. As long as you have that revelation that we have been regenerated with his spirit, you can walk away. And I don't know how many years they say, I don't want to follow the Lord. I promise you, you might just experience God's choosing power. It's all of his mercy. But let me tell you, once he determined to choose a group of people for the fulfillment of his purpose, it's a holding line. It's just like a fishing rod. When you go fishing, you catch a fish, and that fish is fighting you, right? 
You know, as long as you got that hook in that mouth, you're going to eventually catch it. That's the same way with God with us. I got caught. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I didn't get unhooked. All right. <laughs> All right. But again, God's choosing power. Very powerful. Now, Roman numeral two. How about we read it all together? Today, being sanctified, saturated Christ, the Spirit to be holy. And uh, how about we read uh, also 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 through 8. Ready? Go. So I like these verses because these, first ver- these verses first point out to the matter of God's calling. You know, I don't know how many did the, uh, how many met us through the internship, but I believe a number of us were met through the internship. You know what? That was God's calling. Maybe you got called in, in, in your uh, church back home or something. But you know, while you were here on campus, God called you. He came in the way of two students coming up to us. Hi. How are you doing? How's your orientation going? (laughs) You know what? Eventually, God just calls us. And you know what he calls us to? Look what the verse says. Not called, it says God has not called us for uncleanness, but in sanctification. So this matter of uh, separation, remember the definition? Separation? This is what God is trying. I'm not saying that he's trying, but he wants to, uh, uh, impress us with this. He wants us to separate ourselves from all uncleanness so that what? We can be in the process of sanctification. But then, okay, I want to be in the process of sanctification. Look at what verse 8 at the end says. Who gives us his what? Holy Spirit to you. You see? He separates us so that he can give us his Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He begins to saturate us. He begins to bring his holy nature into us. You see the process? Right? So we have to see that to be separated is a positional matter. Right? You have to first separate yourself from all the things of the world. And I would say we need to separate, separate ourselves from our sin nature the self, the flesh, all the lusts of this flesh, we need an inward separation. But that in itself is not enough. We separate ourselves for a purpose, and that is so that we can be saturated with the Holy Spirit. Right? So how about the next verse? How about brothers? Let's read 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Wonderful. So this verse simply shows us what? He wants to sanctify all three parts of our being. It's not enough that he just comes into our spirit. He wants to now saturate or sanctify our what? Our soul and what? Our body. So this verse reveals that by the word sanctify you what? Holy, right? Uh, The next verse, how about we read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, sisters. Ready, go. 
one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and they were all given to drink one spirit. This is a wonderful verse because it tells us now we see that God called us and we see his intention is to sanctify all three parts of our being. But you know what is the first experience that we have that brings us into this process of sanctification? It's called baptism. Baptism. On baptism, on the negative side, it separates us from the world. We understand that. But what about the baptism today. Do we have the reality of our baptism today? Are we being separated from the world today? You know, today, the world, it used to be that you had to take yourself to many places. But now the world is right here. Everything I see, everything I hear, eventually affects everything that comes out of my mouth. And then what comes out of my mouth because it's in my heart, my feet take me there. Scream. The world is now much closer to us because of this. Well, the Lord wants to what? He wants us to live in the reality of our baptism. That means he wants to separate us from all these things so that what? We can be saturated. Actually, if we're not separated unto the Lord from the world, the things of the world, you know what? The saturation will be frustrated. There will not be no saturation of the Spirit in us. So it's very important that we see that we need to live in the reality of our baptism every day. And what has our baptism positioned us to do? It has positioned us to do one thing only, drink him. <laughs> Take him in as the living water. And you know what? It's very interesting that this baptism puts, put us in the body. It put us in the body. So we've been positioned in the body of Christ to do what? To drink the one spirit. So when we're together, we can take a moment with our companions or with our friends. And let's just pray to be filled with the Lord. You know, I don't know how much friends do this, actually be filled with the Lord together, but I promise you if, you, if you enter into this experience, you will thoroughly enjoy it. I know, I know of some brothers that have, a, have times together, like, and I know that every time they tell me how was that time, they always are overflowing with how sweet that time was between those two brothers. Every time. You know what that means? They were positioned in the body. They separated their, themselves in their busy schedules to come together, to fellowship, to pray, to read God's word. And guess what? They positioned, positioned themselves to drink the one spirit. And again, all this happened in the realm of the body. Wonderful. Um, I'd like to illustrate a video clip. I'm not a chemistry major, but where's Andrew? Andrew's going to um, sovereignly, he actually is studying something that came up in our conversation, a uh, little talk we had. And I think this example very much illustrates this matter of saturation. Can you come up here? 
So uh, not sure how much y'all remember from y'all's high school chemistry courses, but uh, I'm taking chemistry lab as a sophomore this year, and uh, what we're doing right now is titrations. And so um, what titrations? have heard of titration? So almost everybody. So, so as y'all know, titration is uh, like when you put, an, put a, an acid into a base or a base into an acid, you can change the pH of the solution. Um, so like, let's say we uh, pour base into acid, you know, you have your acid in a beaker, you have your base in a burette. You, uh, you pour the base in and the pH changes, so it goes up gradually. And uh, the pH reaches this point, it's called the equivalence point, where the pH is seven, or like equal to the, the, um, the pH of water. And this is when all the hydrogen ions are essentially neutralized, or all the acid ions. But after this equivalence point, there's a point called the end point where now you're reaching uh, pH levels that are like a base. So essentially, you're, tr you're transforming the identity of the solution. And uh, this, is actually, this can actually be visually seen when you put this, um, it's, it's an indicator called phenolphthalene. You put this in before the titration, and um, once you reach that end point, you can see like a visual transformation. So the solution will like, it'll literally transform color. So it's a pretty cool process. So how about we see this? Okay. All right. <laughs> so this, again, illustrates the matter of saturation. For it to reach the end point, we didn't even show the two minutes before, but there was drop after drop after drop. Let me tell you, this is a vivid illustration of every day we have the opportunity to experience those drops, that dispensing, that impartation of the life of Christ. Even I would say His nature, His holy nature, drop by drop, day by day, begins to saturate our whole being. Eventually, the end point will be the glorification of our spirit, soul, and body. We will fully express all that God is in His nature. How about that? Is that not mind-blowing? I don't know about you, but it adds so much clarity, so much purpose to my Christian life. It's not a small thing that I give the Lord every morning the opportunity to impart His Spirit, His Holy Spirit into me. And for that, because of time, I'm going to give you a few practical ways. We have, we've already mentioned a number of these over many messages when we speak, but I think it's worth uh, re-speaking them and serving as a reminder, right? Number one, how can we experience this saturating of, the, of Christ as the Spirit in us. Number one, we need to separate a time for the Lord in the morning. The mornings are the best time. Of course, I don't want to be here legal about this matter, 
But let me tell you, it is the best time. If you have five minutes, 10 minutes in your morning to just come to the Lord and be filled with him, you will experience this saturation. Number one, set a time to give to the Lord. Number two, we need to learn to fellowship with the Lord. You know what fellowship? That means we need to learn how to dialogue with the Lord. One of the ways that we can learn to dialogue with the Lord is simply telling him in prayer, Lord, fill me and saturate me. You can take the words of a message. You can take the words of a verse and turn them into prayer, asking the Lord for that very thing in that verse, whatever touches you. Number three, we need to learn how to pray over God's word. We can even tell the Lord, Lord, fill me and saturate me with your word. The fourth thing, I don't know how many of us have uh, uh, gatherings with some of the staff or with some of the students during the day, like lunchtime and on maybe, but these are wonderful opportunities to be in the truth, right? The verse there in John 17, 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So again, these times are not just, uh, 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 let me just see if I have extra time here and there, you know. No, these are times to be saturated, to be sanctified by the truth, okay? Number four, the home meetings. You know, the home meetings are wonderful because you know what? It's the gathering of the brothers and sisters. You know, in the, Old, in the New Testament, you know what those brothers and sisters were called? They were called saints. Do you know what the word saints means? The holy ones. So guess what? We can be gathered with the holy ones, the saints. And what are we going to do together? We're going to be more saturated. So these are just a few takeaways. And I would say, um, in a way uh, more practical regarding separation, we have to separate ourselves from the world. And what that means, we have to be careful what we are putting into our ears and what we are looking with, with our eyes. Because whatever comes into our ears and whatever comes in through our eyes and our ears, eventually it's what we speak and eventually it's what takes us into a, a realm of uncleanness. And guess what? The saturation is frustrated. No fulfillment of God's purpose, right? And I will finish here with the last Roman numeral three. How about we read it all together? The issue of sanctification to be the holy city in eternity future. And how about we read the verses there? Uh, how about brothers verse 2 and sisters 10? Ready, go.
so here's the issue, brothers and sisters. You know what we are becoming? We're becoming a holy city. We're not becoming a spiritual giants. We are becoming a holy city. You know what that means? We are becoming a group of people that are being built together to be the holy city. How does that happen? That happened because of all the saturation that took place. Or as the illustration in the video, it happened because we reached the end point. We are becoming the holy city. There's going to be a moment when we reach the end point and we're fully going to be the holy city. Not only are we going to be the holy city, what is the holy city for? It's a place to, uh, for, where God can reign. God can express his, he can have the full liberty to express himself, to reign among the citizens of the new Jerusalem, the holy city. That means he has obtained what he has always desired. But it's not enough. We are becoming the bride. The bride for what? God does not want to be alone. Remember that question he posed to man? It is not good for man to be alone. So guess what? On the one hand, we are becoming the holy city. On the other hand, we are the bride. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the issue of sanctification, right? To be the holy city in eternity future. So I'll stop there. We'd like to just transition here. We've only got like six minutes, I think, just to overflow anything that might have impressed you or touched you.